accomplish if everyone treated him like he wasn't there? If we ignored him like so many on this planet ignore our Heavenly Father? Keith Moore says it would be like he would, he would be behind glass. You know, just can't... In other words, he can only work in our lives if we listen to him. He can only work negatively against us, right, if, if we follow through on and give in to his enticements. Do you believe that? So you shut the devil down by shutting him out. Okay? Now, that's as simple as I know how to say this. You shut the devil down by shutting him out. Now, we've spent the better part of, of, of this 2019 so far talking about giving, giving God place in our lives. Giving Him the place in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes, in our minds, in our money. Giving Him the place that He deserves in our lives and how important that is. But the opposite side of that coin we find in Ephesians 4 where it says, but give no place to the devil. So we're giving place to God, but at the same time, we're not going to give place to the enemy. Amen. And so we shut God down in our lives. We, we looked at this already, right? Remember, it didn't say Jesus would not do any mighty work in his hometown of Nazareth. It says that he could do no mighty work there. Again, because the people did not give him place in Nazareth like they did in greater Galilee. And their refusal to give him place, notice, made it where he had no power for them. Now, he had power. Don't misunderstand me. But their ability to benefit from the power that he had was lost on them. We see this in John 1. If this sounds strange to you, the Bible says Jesus came to his own people. His own people received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God. So he has the power to make us sons of God. But if we don't give him place in our lives as Savior, the power that he has to save us will never be experienced by us. So you shut the devil down the same way you shut God down, by shutting him out. But we're not shutting God out, are we? We're giving him place in our lives. But at the same time we're giving God place, our Father, Creator place in our lives, we're also learning what it means to give the devil no place. Now again, just remind you, last week we said you can bind and rebuke stray cats all you want, but they will keep coming back as long as you put milk on your doorstep. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of people who know what the Bible says about binding the devil, rebuking Satan. And they're wondering why when they bind him and rebuke him, he's not leaving. Well, could it be that we've put some milk on our doorstep? In other words, where we've, we've given him place in our lives and, and we're trying to bind him because we don't like the negative consequences that He brings into our lives, but we're holding on to things that He can lay claim to that give Him power over us. So again, you can bind and rebuke stray cats all you want, but they'll keep coming back as long as you put milk on your doorstep. Now our submission to God, giving Him that place in our lives, I'm trying to see, show you how these are connected together. The Bible says we have to submit ourselves to God 
And when we do that, He will then exalt us. He will then promote us. So generally speaking, the devil is under your feet as a born-again believer and as a member of the body of Christ. But remember, Jesus said He was going to rule and reign as the head of the body until every enemy was under His feet. Not just under His chin, but under His feet. You see, as a member of the body of Christ, He's talking about things that threaten you and me becoming uh, no, no longer being a threat to us, being under the feet. The feet are, the, are on the body, amen? The lowest part of the body. So let me say it another way. If the, if the threat is now under the feet of the body of Christ, that means that all those threats are not just under Jesus, but they're under you. Do you see this? And so, as a member of the body of Christ, then the devil is under your feet. You are seated with Jesus in heavenly places far above every devil, every demon, all principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, so forth and so on. The Bible has, you know, gives us all these descriptive words so that we'll know none are left out. Every name that can be named or will be named, the Bible says, is under Jesus and is under you because you're in Him. And that's the legal position that every born-again believer occupies. But if we're going to experience that vitally, we're going to have to vitally submit ourselves to God. We're going to have to place ourselves under Him. And it's only when we're under Him that we can effectively put the devil under us. If we're not in submission to God, the devil's not going to be in submission to you. If you refuse to do what God says, the devil knows he doesn't have to do what you say. Your Heavenly Father is trying to get you under what you're supposed to be under, what He created you to be under, so He can then put you over who and what you're supposed to be over. Everybody wants to be over, but, but people resist in wanting to be under, in submission to God. Ask yourself, it's a question I've been asking myself, because we can very easily deceive ourselves into thinking that we're in submission to God when we're not. So, we're giving no place to the devil. We're giving place to our Heavenly Father, our Creator, but we're not giving place to the devil. Now here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, I could read the verse and then give you this, or I can give you this and read the verse. So let me just go ahead and give you this one and then we'll read the verse, all right? You can't keep the devil out of your life if you won't keep his thoughts out of your mind and his affections out of your heart. You can't keep the devil out of your life if you won't keep his thoughts out of your mind and his affections out of your heart. You remember, it's, it's in the book of Acts, I don't have the exact reference in front of me here, but, but there was a, a, a religious ruler, his name was Sceva, S-C-E-V-A, I don't know if it was his first name or last name, and he had seven sons. The seven sons of Sceva, as they're referred to in Scripture. And the Bible says that they went to cast a demon out of a man, and this is what they said. They said, we adjure you, we command you, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. And the demon that was in that man spoke through that man and said, we know who Jesus is, we know who Paul is, but we have no idea who you are. 
And instead of coming out, we see that the demons in that man turned on those seven grown men and beat them senseless. Now you think, well, is there not power in the name of Jesus to cast out devils? You better know there, there is. Did Paul not cast out devils in the name of Jesus? You better know that he did. But notice now, these men saying, we cast you out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. It meant nothing to those devils. Because these sons were not in submission to the one who has power in the name, are you seeing, over them. We can say it this way, if you want to simplify, it didn't work. It didn't work. Instead, it backfired on them. Well, again, the devil doesn't mind you walking around, I rebuke you, devil, I bind you, devil. He doesn't mind you doing that, right? It's almost funny to him. If on one hand, you're binding and rebuking him, and on the other hand, you prop the door open in your life for him to come and go freely. It doesn't work that way. Amen. So you can't keep the devil out of your life if you won't keep his thoughts out of your mind and his affections out of your heart. All right, let's go now to Proverbs 4 and beginning verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Now for the record, look at me. For the record, we're not done with giving place to God. We're going to cycle back around, circle back around to that at some point in the future. Okay, we'll talk about this for a little while and we'll come back to that. But one of, the key, one of the key ways that we give place to God in our lives is by giving place to His Word. Remember we said that He can't have a place in your life that His words do not have, nor can His words have a place in your life that He does not have. So there's a lot of people who want the Word of God to work for them, but they have not submitted themselves to Him and to who He is, and so the Word of God is, is not producing the results that it could otherwise be producing in their lives because Father doesn't have the place, right? But in the same way, you can't give Him a place and treat His words as if they're not important. Are you following me? Amen. So if you are not giving place to Father God's words in your life, remember Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. He is a living, breathing expression of the divine mind, of the divine intelligence. Are you following me? So if He's the Word of God made flesh, can Jesus have a place in your life that the Word of God doesn't have? He is the Word of God. So you can't separate these from one another. This whole idea, oh man, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but I don't have any time for His Word. You're deceiving yourself. You can't separate Him from His Word. He is His Word. So the place that we give the Word of God is a key way that we give place to Father, to God in our lives. Now, the opposite, though, is also true. Because in the same way that Father God is trying to put thoughts in your mind through His written and spoken Word, you have an enemy who's also trying to put thoughts in your mind through his lies. And so, the one that we're giving attention to, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Inclining the ear means hearing above all others. Lots of voices, but there's one voice that you're focusing your ear upon. You're turning your ear towards, you're cupping your, your, your hand around because you're wanting to hear that voice and respond to that voice above all other voices. And there's many voices in our world today. Many, many different voices, many different philosophies, many, many different even religious ideologies and traditions, right, that the devil's behind. They didn't come from God. They came from the enemy. 
The devil doesn't come to you wearing a red suit with a pitchfork. He comes to you as an angel of light quoting Scripture. And so we see that he's trying, the devil's trying to get his thoughts, his sayings, his information in your heart. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Meaning what? Hear his voice and give his words a priority in your life uh, above all other words, all other voices. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now, we've been talking on uh, Wednesday nights. And if you can't be here on Wednesday nights, please log on. By the way, let me give a, a, a shout out to... Uh, first of all, those of you who brought to my attention that there was a problem with the website, but uh, Brother Jason Peavy, he's living and working in Louisiana now, but he's working on it. He's got the website back up. There's still some uh, little issues with it. Uh, but anyway, if you're not able to be here on Wednesday night, log on to the website. We can get you a hard copy um, if you would like, at least an audio hard copy. But the video, the audio sermons are there. It's free. Amen. It's free. And if it's free, that means what? No excuse. Okay, But we've been talking about faith is not passive. Faith is not passive. How many of you understand paying attention is speaking of a deliberate intentional act on our part? It's, it's not just floating along through life, whatever we hear, whatever we catch, you know, our favorite song on the radio every now and then, what have you. No. He's talking about a deliberate intentional action, giving, uh, paying attention to his words, inclining your ear to his sayings, not letting them depart from your eyes. Now, obviously, there's other ways that we can do this. One of the key ways you can do that is by putting Bible verses on note cards and, and sticking them onto the mirror in your bathroom or, or, or magnetize, you know, put a magnet on them on your refrigerator or what have you. It's one of the ways you can keep the Word of God in front of you and, and, and be reminded of what it says. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now, keeping them in, your, in front of your eyes and keeping them in front of your heart are not the same thing, but they are related things. Let me say it another way. If you don't keep them in front of your eyes, it's going to be very difficult for you to keep them in your heart. You've got to keep focused on them in order to keep them inside of you. Remember, the Bible says, Jesus said in John 14, 30, the devil has nothing in me. Nothing in me. So we're talking about something inward. We're talking about something internal here. Right? So, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. One of the key ways we do this is through meditating on the Word of God. And to meditate means to mutter to oneself. To mutter to oneself. What are you saying constantly inside of yourself? What are you repeating constantly inside of yourself? Is it something that you heard from God and the Word and, and from His truth? Or is it something you heard from the world and from the enemy and from the lies of the devil? self-defeating, uh, you know, kicking yourself, uh, uh, talking down to yourself, speaking negatively to yourself, rehearsing past wounds and, and failures and all this other stuff. Notice, this is, this is something you're keeping in the midst of your heart by, by reminding yourself and dwelling upon it and thinking about it and mulling over it over and over and over again. This, that is giving place to the devil. Did that come from God or did that come from the devil? 
Is that something that, that, that Father God wants in your heart, or is this something the devil's trying to put in your heart? Remember, if you let it in, he has something now to lay claim to. You've accepted something that's from him, and he has something now to lay claim to, which means he now has power over you. You shut him down by shutting him out. You shut him down by shutting him out. Amen? Amen? I'm trying to figure out because I'm, really, I'm feeling really impressed right now that we need to say this. In Jesus' name, say it, say it after me. In Jesus' name, I shut the devil down by shutting him out. I'm shutting him out. I'm giving him no place. Amen. Praise God. You said that with some oomph to praise God. Sometimes you kind of and I have to get you a little more geared up. So thank you for that. Amen. All right. So notice now, for they, the words of God, are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That word health there literally means medicine. Medicine. And the amazing thing about it is he didn't say it was like medicine. He said it is medicine. This is medicine, my friend. This is medicine. And it's not just medicine for your flesh. See, a lot of the emotional, mental problems that people have are things dealing with their meat computer, dealing with their brain. Amen. And I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Sometimes I get down this road, everybody starts holding their breath, and I'm not trying to offend you. But notice now, we will, if we have been prescribed medicine... We will take it religiously, right, man? We're not going to miss our medicine. We're not going to miss a doctor's appointment. We're not going to miss these kinds of things. Do we give the Word of God that same place? Do we have that same attitude? Notice, what is it saying to Father God? I will not miss my medicine, but I may go weeks without reading your Word. Which one have you given place to? Which one have you put your trust in? Which one do you think has the greatest potential to improve your situation? You can say all you want to say, I believe it's God, I believe it's His Word, but what are our actions saying? What are we, living, what are we literally giving place, room for in our lives? Priority to in our lives. Amen, amen, amen. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now, the other side of this coin is true whether you understand this or not. It's what the world refers to as a psychosomatic, psychosomatic illness. Has anybody ever heard that expression, psychosomatic? In the Greek, your soul is your psyche, your suche, P-S-U-C-H-E. We get our English word psyche from it. It's your soul. Your soma is your body. Psychosomatic comes from the Greek root, which means soul body. A psychosomatic illness is when we have a physical illness that has a soul source. In other words, it's, it's a physical symptom, it's a physical problem that is not being caused by something outside of us coming in, it's something inside of us coming out. Now, I've, I've, you've heard me say this before, some of you. I've actually looked for a lower statistic because this one is so strong that it's, it's, it's to me, it doesn't sound right. But these aren't, these aren't godly people just trying to, 
you know, prove the Word of God. These are secular studies, long-term historical studies. Are you ready for this? Nearly 70% of all visits to a doctor are stress-related. Stress-related. The Word of God says it this way in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. If your suche is not prospering, if your suche is not healthy, it's going to translate to you not prospering and not being healthy physically. This isn't just something I'm making up here. This is what the Bible teaches. The Bible taught these things long before medical science ever proved them to be true. Laughter doeth good like a medicine. Medical research has now proven that laughter, even fake laughter, where you're not even really laughing, you're just ha, 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 and that it releases healing endorphins into your bloodstream that have physical health properties for your body, for your flesh. Now, whether you understand this or know this or even agree with this or not, I'm telling you right now, your enemy knows this, understands this, agrees with this, and is trying to manipulate this against you. He knows that if he can get worrisome, troublesome thoughts in your mind, right? God's not ever going to lie to you. So if, he, if, if the devil can get a lie in your mind, where did it come from? Father of lies. Now we've got a lie in our minds. We've got a lie inside of us. Not true. It came from the devil. If it came from him, he can lay claim to it. It gives him power over us. So this fear, worry is just a designer word for fear. Fear, worry, worrisome thoughts, these things in our soul translate to all kinds of negative impact on our physical health. And the enemy of your soul knows this. This is why, again... He doesn't want you thinking thoughts that produce life and health. He wants you thinking thoughts that produce sickness and death. Sickness and death. We, we, have we, I mean, I, I could show you study after study, put them on the screen for you. I think we all are aware that inward stress causes the outward body to break down. So do you see now why the devil's looking for an opportunity? Thoughts and lies and, and things that he's trying to put in your heart, in your mind, that you think about, you dwell upon, you, you keep going inside of you. It's not producing life and health, it's producing sickness and death. My son, give attention to my words. This is your heavenly father speaking to us, right? To you, to me. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Sister Pam and I were talking about a couple of situations that we've been walking through with some families and, and, the, and the subject just in our conversation came up, you know, about you know, people getting mad at God. Now, I'm not, listen, I, I'm not trying to poke a stick, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to poke you with a stick or make you mad or anything this morning, but come on now. What, what in the world? Mad at God. Like he's ever made a mistake. Like, like he's ever done anything for us to get mad at him about. Listen, if, if there's a problem, my friend, it's not on his side it's on our side. 
And you got to own that before you can disown it, right? But then Pam said, some, Pam said something so simple, but it was so profound. She says, notice you hear people talk about getting mad at God, but rarely if ever do you hear anybody talk about being mad at the devil. Being mad at the devil. Well, amen. We know better, don't we? For their life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart. One translation says, guard your heart. Now, I know this may be obvious, but I want to point it out to you. It doesn't say, Mark, keep Bryce's heart. I can't keep Bryce's heart for him, and he can't keep mine for me. So when he says, keep your heart, he's talking about something that not only is your responsibility, but it's something individual and unique to you as an individual, as an individual responsibility, I guess we could say it that way. Now, the Holy Spirit will help you, but this is something that Father God cannot do for you if you do not cooperate. First of all, He can't do it for you, period. But He can't even help you with it if you don't cooperate with Him. He's not going to keep coming and getting that bowl of milk off your front porch that you leave for them devils and demons. That's your responsibility. That's something we must do. Keep your heart. On Sundays, is that what it says? Keep your heart when you're feeling froggy. Keep your heart when you, you know, in the moment. Is that no? Keep your heart with all diligence. He's talking about something here that needs to be at the top of our to-do list. Something here that needs to be a major priority for us every day of our lives throughout each day of our life. Not just something we do in the morning, but, but an ongoing, all diligence. I think of like, for instance, the tomb of the unknown soldier. And we have someone in, you know, dressed to the nines, as my brother Michael Wilson would say, right? I'm talking about spotless. In front of that tomb, 24-7, 365. That's all diligence. Are you understand what I'm saying here? They don't do it every third weekend. They don't just break them out on, on holidays. Well, you know, it's 4th of July. Let's get, a, let's get a garden. No, no. All diligence. The New Testament version of this is found in 2 Corinthians 10. Bring every thought. Not some thoughts. Not most thoughts. Every thought. Keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Because this is pleasing to God? Well, it is. Keep your heart with all diligence because it's the right thing to do. 
No, for out of your heart spring the issues of life. Whatever is in your heart is going to come forth out of your heart into your life reality. You have a problem, or let's just say an issue, on one hand, then you have the source of the issue on the other hand. We can't make the mistake of trying to fix the issue, trying to deal with the problem, while ignoring the source of the problem. And this is what he's telling us here. That the issues that we have in our lives, it doesn't... You cannot name an issue that, that's, that doesn't fit here, that doesn't belong here. If it's a financial issue, if it's a family issue, if it's a sexual issue, if it's, if it's a mental issue, if it's an emotional issue, if it's a relationship issue, if it's a personal... It doesn't matter. Whatever the issue, whatever the problem, it's springing forth from your heart. This is why he says you have to keep your heart with all diligence, for from your heart spring forth the issues of life. If we give the devil place in our heart, we just gave him something that he can what lay claim to, gives him power over us. How does it give him power over us? Now he's got control of the source of life, that which is producing our life reality. That's why we give him no place. Amen? What you give place to in your heart will have place in your life. We could say it another way. What has place in your life is a reflection of what you've given place to in your heart. Now, if you believe the Bible, if you believe what Father God's wanting us to understand about ourselves, right? If it's a problem in your life, it's because there's something in your heart that you've given place to. You're going to come back? You're going to love me? I'm trying to help you. Think of all the things that we deal with in life that just seem to come out of nowhere. Just mystery. I don't know why. I'm just feeling blue today. Well, you know, I mean, just every now and then we get depressed. We'll come out of it. She'll come out of it. He'll get over it. There's so many things. I use this as an example. There are people in this room this morning, you are angry. I'm talking about angry like to the point of wanting to hurt something or, or somebody or break something, and you have no idea why you're so angry. And that's a problem. We call it anger issues. Man, that sister's got anger issues. No, that sister has let something in her heart. Right? Maybe that sister was raped by her father. I've met more than one in my life, and I'm not here to judge anybody. But see, again, the devil's a punk. The devil is a punk, man. He doesn't care. If he can get something in your heart, some kind of hurt, some kind of bitterness, some kind of frustration, 
He's just affected the source from which everything in your life flows. If somebody went down to the end of the street and drilled into the water line and put some kind of, let's just say they put fruit punch in the water line, every time you flushed a toilet, the water would come out smelling like fruit punch, right? It's because the source that's feeding the fountains and the faucets and all this other stuff has become contaminated. And now any point that that water flows from is going to be tainted, it's going to be influenced, it's going to be affected in some way by that source on up the street. Your heart is the source of life. God created you to live from the inside out. This is why the enemy tries so hard to get place in your heart. If he can get place in your heart, if he can get your, his thoughts in your heart, if he can get his affections in your heart, they're going to produce some kind of dysfunction in your life. Amen. Singers, musicians, come on, praise God. Matthew 12 and 35. I'll put it on the screen. We'll begin here this evening. A good man, out of the good treasure, that word treasure there could also be translated deposit. A good man out of the good treasure, good deposit of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil deposit brings forth evil things. Anybody in here who's ever had a bank account, you know that it works two ways, right? You've got deposits and you've got withdrawals. You've got to put in in order to take out. If you take more out than you put in, you've got a problem, right? Jesus is saying this in conjunction with the fruit of a tree. Apples on an apple tree aren't placed there in the middle of the night while you sleep like Christmas ornaments. Those apples come from inside the trunk of that tree and it's pushed out the branches of that tree. He's saying you're the same way. What's in your heart is going to push out the limbs of your life and become fruit either for you to enjoy or for you to be tormented by. Now, you can't just knock all the fruit off the tree and not deal with the source. Because as we have all learned, that fruit will just simply come right back the next season. Stand with me. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Are you getting anything out of this? So how do we shut the devil down? By shutting him out, giving him no place. If we'll humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he'll help us with this. One of the key ways, at least on personal experience, that he helps me with this is, first of all, by making me aware of ways that I've given place to the devil that I didn't realize that's what I was doing. 
we'll look at this when we go back to Ephesians 4 where it says give no place to the devil. More than one of those things he lists there have to do with things we say. Things we say. Amen. The words that we speak out of our mouth, just like the thoughts that we have in our heart, they're either giving place to God and His angels to work in our lives, or they're giving place to the devil and His demons to work in our lives. One of the things that will help you is, and thank God His mercy and grace here, but what if every word you spoke out of your mouth came to pass instantly, right? I bet we'd quit saying the pies to die for, reckon? Or we'd only say it once. And the people eating the pie with you would never say it again, right? Amen. Amen. Why is the devil constantly trying to get death in your mouth? He's trying to get death in your heart. That's right. I heard Brother Copeland say that everybody has all these theories as to why Adam lived so long. And there's some of those I agree with, the uh, oxygen level in the atmosphere and no and all that stuff. I believe some truth to that. But I love Brother Copeland's answer to that. He said it took the devil that many hundreds of years to teach him how to die. It took him that long to teach him how to die. Get, took him that long to get death in his mouth, death in his heart. Come on now. You get anything out of this? Can I pray for you? Father, thank you for these beautiful men and women. Thank you for the answers that you have for us in your word. Thank you, Father, for helping us to lay hold of these truths. Father, for taking them, Lord, not just as a sermon that we're hearing, but as instructions for us to follow. Father, not just a theory that's interesting, but a practice that is either producing life and health or it's producing sickness and death. Father, your word says that you know our hearts. You know what's in our hearts better than we do. You know what we've allowed into our heart that came from you, and you know, Father, what we've allowed into our heart that did not. We're humbling ourselves before you this morning, sir, and asking you to help us. Help us shut the devil out. Help us cast away, toss overboard. It's time, Father, that we get those bowls of milk and wash them down the sink and wash them out and not ever put them back out again. For those devils and demons we've been binding and rebuking. Thank you, Father, for your wisdom. And again, you said if we lack wisdom, if we need wisdom to ask you and you would give it to us in large quantities because you're no respecter of persons. But you said for us to ask in faith without wavering. Father, we ask, Lord, that you give us wisdom today. Wisdom to be the gatekeeper of our own hearts. Wisdom to carefully examine anything and everything that we let in or choose to keep out.
Father, there are men and women in this room who need some things to change in their lives. Some situations, some issues. Emotional, physical, relational, financial, even legal issues, Father. Show us now by your Holy Spirit what it is in our heart that needs to change. So that what it is in our lives that's tormenting us can change. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want us to sing this together this morning. And I want you to worship Him for a moment. I'm not trying to like just give you step-by-step instructions, but maybe consider closing your eyes. Universal sign of surrender. Also, universal sign of a child reaching up for his mom or dad, right? Maybe we close our eyes and shut out everything and everybody else for a moment and reach up to Him. Ask Him to do in us what only He can do. Amen? Amen. Let's worship Him for a minute before we're dismissed. Praise God. I love you, Lord For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hand From the moment that I wake up I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God And all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice